0: Hosted by Andrew Paul and Elizabeth Bonkink and produced by Lisa Pruden. The Well Endowed Podcast explores the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. The Edmonton Community Foundation helps people create endowment funds. The podcast tells the stories of how those endowments intersect with the community. You can check it out right now at thewellendowedpodcast.com You know, what better time to be down in your cool basement recording a podcast than during a late July heat wave.
1: We get so few heat waves, and when they come, they punch us right in our dry climate faces. Yeah.
0: Now, many of you who are not local to Edmonton and or Canada are probably like, surely heat in Canada can not be that extreme. Why, the snow has probably just started to melt. (laughs) With this late July heat wave. But uh, no, actually, we we live in a fairly temperate climate. And in Edmonton, it's actually fairly arid. Fairly, yeah. Uh, So the fact that it's been unusually humid this uh, July.
1: Oh, it's just murdering.
0: uh, Coupled with the fact that we are are hitting temperatures in the low to mid 30s, that's Celsius, uh, which is unusual for our area. Yeah. It usually only happens a couple times during the summer. We're having... Kind of a week of it, and it's... It's, There are some people who love the heat. Oh,
1: yeah. There are some people who would come here and be like, you guys are a bunch of pansies. You don't know from heat.
0: But on the other hand, they'll be bundled up in, like, a parka. In (laughs) In, September. In temperatures that we would be out in shorts. Yeah, exactly.
1: We'll be out being like, "Ah, it's it's cool t-shirt weather. We're okay. Yeah. And they're like, how can you stand this cold?
0: It's because we were born in it.
1: (laughs) Some of us, literally.
0: Yes, so it's uh, it's just the way it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, as we've discussed previously, I am not built for humidity and no. heat combined. No, those two things not not Nita friendly.
0: Yeah, we uh, we've probably related this anecdote on the podcast previously, but we did go to Florida some years ago with some friends uh, for a vacation to Disney World to uh, check it out as adults. And uh, Nita got off the plane and basically just immediately started to drown in the air because it was (laughs) so humid compared to what she's used to.
1: Oh, yeah. It was like being punched in the face with a bucket of water.
0: Nita proceeded to be Safari Nita for most of the rest (laughs) of the trip.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Safari Nita was ready for Safari and regularly needed air conditioning. We did talk about this like two episodes ago. I'm sure we did.
0: Oh, fair enough. Well, we've brought it up again, but it's also a little pertinent because uh, we're currently in Florida in our book. Yes. Uh, Beth did stop by Versanova to have a conversation with Lewis, which gave her some plausible excuses for some of the stuff that was going on that she just wasn't buying from salesman Lewis. And ultimately, he got a little riled up and let slip perhaps a little too much truth.
1: I would argue just enough truth.
0: And uh, decided that this was a conversation that he could not have by himself. So he went to get Flora, saying he would meet Beth at her hotel. And that is what leads us into chapter 21 of Perfect Little Children by Sophie Hannah. So Beth actually spends about two hours waiting at the Marriott. Yes. It's a little longer than Lewis suggested.
1: Based on the rest of this chapter, he probably had to coerce Flora into coming.
0: Almost certainly. Beth is immediately struck. At how different flora looks now that she's getting an opportunity to actually look at her as opposed to just
1: glimpse her yeah. sideways yeah.
0: uh and and more than that also to see her with lewis and she's struck by how lewis looks really good for his age and i mean we've had hints that he's like gotten into a green lifestyle he's got like life coaches that he's into his office space is full of like Daily affirmations and such. So yeah, he's probably looking pretty good for his age because he's been keeping care of himself. And Flora apparently, by comparison, looks much older.
1: Yeah, has has not. She has aged, <laughs> yes.
0: and uh, it's not to say necessarily ungracefully. Just compared to Lewis, for a moment, Flora like freezes up, and Beth gets the impression that she wants to bolt. And Lewis actually has to kind of like steady her and guide her to go and meet with Beth.
1: Yeah, Lewis <laughs> is surprisingly caring at the start of this chapter and then surprisingly done with it by the end
0: lewis makes it pretty clear like as much as beth wanted to have this conversation in a public place he does not and he essentially gives her an ultimatum we can head to your room and have a little bit of privacy or flora and i can leave and you will never get the answers you seek beth Still has a little bit of concern that they might try to harm her, but she also wants those answers.
1: Like, scared enough for her safety that she excuses herself to the washroom and gives herself a pep talk, like, in the mirror, (laughs) repeating that she's in no physical danger. Yeah. Like, she's scared. This went from just a serious conversation to, like, danger somehow
0: yeah there's in the course of
1: these two hours
0: well no she she a couple times during her meeting with Lewis, she didn't necessarily have the sense from him that she was in any danger, but she was mapping out her escape routes we'll put it that way. Yeah and there's something about this whole situation which has red flags pinging in her head and she keeps talking herself down from them and that might be to her detriment because eh, she maybe. might be in danger and we'll get into that later. but she does agree. Finally, yeah, okay, we'll head up to my room, but she, as you say, she goes and gives herself a little pep talk. There's something else she does in the bathroom, too, when you got kind of ahead of us. She figures she'll leave the balcony door open so she can call for help, uh, which she ultimately does not do, but she has that mapped out in her mind. She also asks to see inside their bags, and Lewis is like, okay, well, look, you look in Flora's bag. Mine has some confidential work information in it. I'm not comfortable with you looking at it, but if it's a big deal to you, I'll go put it in my car. And that gives Beth a couple minutes alone with Flora in the lobby.
1: Yes. And then things kind of get unusual.
0: Yeah. Beth asks Flora if she's angry with her. And Flora says, no, I'm not angry with you. Uh, Beth asks if they could talk privately. And Flora basically says, no, I'm not comfortable with that. And goes on to say, like, after today, Beth, you and I are never going to see each other again. Like, this is it. This is the last time. And Beth is like, is is Lewis doing this? Is this his doing? And Flora's like, no, it's not. That's just the way things are. Beth is kind of like, okay, well, listen, I'm not necessarily here to be friends again with you. What I am is I am concerned about the two impossible children. Okay, I saw how Yanina was treating Thomas. I saw his broken shoes. Even if you don't care about you, you must care about them. So can you just confirm everything is okay? And Flora says, yes, I do care about the kids. She doesn't quite walk up to confirming the impossible kids' existence at this juncture.
1: Yeah, she kind of finds a way around it, sort of, Yeah, a little bit.
0: Beth asks if she's all right, and this is her kind of like, Lewis isn't here. If you want to make a break for it with me right now, we can go and get to safety. And Flora's like, no, I don't need your help, and I'm only here, because Lewis says it's the only way that you will leave us alone. Beth has an interesting thought here, which... Again, we're going to get back to later on in the the podcast where she actually wonders for a moment if Flora is the one in control of the situation and not Lewis. Mm
1: -hmm. And then immediately has to talk herself out of that. She
0: totally immediately dismisses it because she can't resolve it because she's still stuck 12 years ago in her thinking of Lewis and Flora. And Lewis has always been the one in control in that relationship, at least seems to be the one who's always been in control in that relationship. So she can't resolve the idea that Flora might be the one calling the shots here.
1: Yeah, there's no way that Beth will accept that yeah. Flora could be the scary one.
0: Yeah. She asks who Chimpy is, because this is one of the glaring mysteries that still has not in any way been resolved. And Flora is not going to answer it, because she looks totally puzzled. So, Beth...
1: Oh, we're going to put a pin in that one, too. Yeah. We'll, come, we'll come back to that.
0: Beth shifts tactics again, says, okay, well... I heard about Georgina. I'm sorry about that. And that doesn't sound like a very lucky thing to have happen. And Flora's like, yeah, no, duh. (laughs) (laughs) More or less. But Beth is using this as an on-ramp to ask about the I'm very lucky comments she heard about. And Flora says, well, I am very lucky. Only people with nothing to live for are unlucky, which is an odd way to phrase it, but makes sense with what we learn later in the chapter. Yes. And she says, look, just because we lost Georgina doesn't mean I don't have other kids that I love. And Beth is like, well, how many kids do you have? What are their names? She wants Flora to verbally confirm anything. And Flora is clearly pained by this. She does not want to tell Beth anything. She she literally says to Beth, how can you do this to me? The tragedy is that Beth doesn't know what she's doing.
1: No, because Flora hasn't told her anything. Because, not really. Yeah,
0: because she's in the dark about so much. This is the point where Lewis comes back. And Beth tries not to be frustrated that she ran out of alone time with Flora, which... She needn't be because she's going to have plenty of alone time with Flora later. This is the point where she excuses herself to go to the washroom. Lewis has a great line where he's like, are you worried we're going to snoop in your stuff if you go to the bathroom while we're upstairs?
1: (laughs) Well, she's exuded nothing but paranoia since they got there. So, yeah. (laughs) It's right for Lewis to think of that, I think.
0: Well, uh, no, he's legitimately also saying that she's projecting. He literally says, are you projecting, stalker lady, that we're going to go snooping through your stuff after all that you've done to us? Because you would
1: totally go snooping through our stuff. And she has
0: gone snooping through their stuff.
1: And she absolutely would, given the opportunity, again.
0: As you mentioned earlier, Beth does use the bathroom break to psych herself up. She also uses it as an opportunity to turn on the voice recording yes on her phone so
1: she's recording all of this she is hopefully
0: she is taking a play out of Zana's book and wants to have a digital recording of it just in case so that she can play it back later and with that they head up to beth's room this is where her concern over physical harm kind of eases and ultimately she decides not to open the uh the balcony door yes her main concern now is that she's just going to be fed a pack of lies and that she's going to have to like focus up so that she can see through it so she doesn't get suckered in lewis Basically says, I agree to tell you everything. We're going to lay everything out for you 100% on two conditions. Number one, you leave us the heck alone after this. Finally. And yeah. never reappear in our lives. And number two, you keep it in confidence. You tell Dom, because you're going to tell Dom anyway. And I know Dom, he's not going to tell anyone Because yeah. that's just the kind of guy he is. There, Beth says, okay, well, so long as I'm sure that the kids are safe. I will agree to your terms. But she's also thinking to herself, I'm going to tell everybody. I'll tell you anything you need to hear so that you'll tell me the truth. Oh, Beth. Right off the cuff, Lewis confirms the impossible Thomas Emily. Yep. There are two other kids. They aren't his. He specifically says, between us, we have four kids. And later on, it's said that they are Kevin's kids, not his. He also says that all the kids are safe and loved and looked after and then with that, he kind of hands Beth the metaphorical conch and she takes it and then just aggressively bombards them with questions. So many questions so fast they can't even answer. them.
1: Oh, goodness. Yes. She off she goes.
0: In between this uh, torrent of questions, we do start to get some snippets of information. Uh, Lewis confirms, no, we're no longer married. Flora has married Kevin Cater and has legally changed her name to Jeanette. Flora Clarifies, yes, the impossible Thomas and Emily are not Lewis's. They're Kevin's. They do look a lot like their older half-siblings.
1: But that's because they all came from the same mother.
0: That's because they all came from the same mother. And they even go so far as to say that they always thought that the original Thomas and Emily looked a lot like Lewis, but that was maybe just flattering him. And they probably looked a lot more like Flora.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Um, She actually even hesitates a little before she confirms the existence of the OG Thomas and Emily there, which plays into stuff later on. Yeah. Beth presses about giving them the same names a little too aggressively because that actually pushes flora's buttons a little too much and she clams up and basically turns to lewis and is like you explain everything and <laughs> Lewis talk
1: about it you do it
0: yeah lewis rolls his eyes because from what we glean from this part of the conversation this is this has been the case for a while lewis does all the talking yeah because flora doesn't want to explain things he actually even seems put out having to tell the story and he calls it his version of events and says you know what Flora's never heard my version of events, even. So this is going to be just an interesting be story for time everybody. for everyone. Yeah. yeah. And he he turns to her and is like, you sure you want to hear this? Because it might be hurtful. And Flora insists, I don't want to do any of the talking, you do it. Here's what we learn. Georgina did not die of natural causes. It was not SIDS.
1: <sighs> Anita's heart breaks a little.
0: Apparently, after Georgina's birth, uh, Flora got a little neurotic about her because she was... She was sickly, she was premature, and started insisting that Georgina sleep in their bed. And Lewis, kind of reluctantly agreed, relegated himself to the guest bed, because he didn't feel comfortable sharing the bed with the two of them. One night, he came home to find Flora had been having a few too many to drink.
1: She was half a bottle of wine in? Yeah.
0: He kind of called her out on that, and they got into a big fight about it. He stormed off to go and angrily work in his home office. Flora put Thomas and Emily to bed, and then he assumes went to bed, because that's basically the last he saw of her that evening. Yeah. Then Lewis, around 10 o'clock, realized, I'm really hungry and she never brought me dinner, so she must still be...
1: Angry. Angry at
0: me. Went off to get himself a curry. (laughs) Came home, ate, went to bed, kind of resolving, you know, Flora had better apologize to me in the morning because, whew, she has never spoken to me that way before. And then was awoken later that night by Flora screaming. Flora takes over at that juncture and explains she had rolled over on Georgina in her, in her drunken sleep. sleep and suffocated her. Flora was devastated by this. Rightly so. She, she, basically, she blames herself for getting drunk and inadvertently killing their baby. Yes. And she couldn't live with that. She couldn't resolve that. So she cut everyone out of her life. Her parents, her friends, Louis, Thomas, Emily absolutely everyone. She says she needed to get away from everyone she hurt and she needed to pretend it hadn't happened. And that was essentially the only way she could find to live with herself because she got a little suicidally depressed after that.
1: That is the unhealthiest way of dealing with things ever.
0: Yeah. The OG Thomas and Emily don't know the truth according to Lewis and Flora. Neither do Flora's parents. They think that it was just SIDS, as they had told Beth, everyone thinks it was natural. Lewis impresses on Beth. Even the authorities don't know the actual truth because they didn't want Flora to be punished for tragic negligence. Uh, She was already beating herself up enough and no one questioned that they found
1: that she had just stopped breathing.
0: Yeah. No one wanted Flora to go to jail. So Flora and Lewis kind of readily agreed to keep it a secret between the two of them. Lewis actually, like, sheds a tear here. He's upset by this. Beth is kind of off-put by it, because oh, she's yeah. never seen him cry before, and it seems really wrong and out of character.
1: Totally floored.
0: Lewis says, you know, seeing as she was so sickly from being premature, part of the reason I think that the doctors never questioned what happened, and just kind of were like, yep, yeah, seems like SIDS, is because they perhaps found it easy to think of her as a flawed specimen. Which is kind of the exact turn of phrase he uses, which even Flora kind of winces at. Like,
1: Well, it's...
0: It's kind of harsh.
1: Not the nicest thing to say.
0: No, No, but it's also kind of in keeping with Lewis's character from what we know. Lewis says, you know, at the end of the day, I think we could have recovered from the tragedy, but Flora didn't even want to give everyone a chance. She couldn't live the lie. And she just needed to get away. And she put us through so much hell that there were days where I could have killed her. Like, it was mm. just like, ugh. So Flora left. Uh, and Lewis says that, just like he's doing right now, he was the one who had to do all the talking. He had to tell her parents. He had to tell the OG T&E. He's comes across really resentful about this, too.
1: Well, yeah, because...
0: Because she unloaded all of that emotional baggage on him. Yep. Flora says that everyone in her life just reminded her of what had happened and what she'd become. And she was determined... To Not to keep hurting people and not to continue being hurt. So it was better to just leave. And she says, like, Thomas and Emily were fine. Lewis is a good dad. He's raised them well. And Lewis emphatically agrees. I did, in fact. I worked hard to ensure they grew up into happy, healthy teenagers. And they will learn the truth of this situation over my dead body because it would be devastating to them to learn the truth at this juncture that we've been yeah. lying to them for all these years. He says something a little odd here. He says, "You notice that Flora even refuses to say the OG Thomas and Emily's names?" Which is interesting cuz she does for most of the chapter, but in the previous paragraph she actually did say their names, which is why that kind of jumped out at me as a weird <laughs> as a weird thing. Well, just an odd inconsistency.
1: Yes. But she also named her next two children Thomas and Emily again? Yeah. So and we'll we'll get into that. We will. Just
0: now, despite coming into this room saying that she was going to have to be on her guard, um, not to just bite on whatever they were going to offer her and get reeled in hook, line, and sinker, Beth has swallowed this hole. Um, she buys every word of it and kind of, like, sheepishly agrees, yeah, I, I won't tell anyone. Like, this, this sounds awful. Like... What good would it do to tell someone about this at this juncture? And she's real sorry about everything. She's sorry that she dredged this up. She's sorry that this happened. Lewis is kind of upset at this juncture, though. Like, well, he's yeah. he's got himself riled up. He's upset with Beth for having dug all this up. He's upset with Flora again for having put him through all this. And he says, you know what? I need to get back to the office. I'm gone.
1: Yeah, we are done here.
0: We are done here. And he actually walks out on Flora saying, you know what? You can find your own way home. Like... You can figure it out, lady. I'm done. Beth is like, I, I have a few more questions. And Lewis is like, talk to Flora. Like, I don't even care anymore and just leaves. And that's...
1: He's he's done his bit. Yeah. He's leaving.
0: And that's the end of the chapter.
1: This is a whole bunch of people not dealing with their issues in any way that is remotely close to healthy.
0: Yeah. So having done all the exposition here with you barely chiming in at all because it was mostly just an exposition dump... I'm going to ask you at this juncture, do you believe Lewis and Flora? I'm not sure. Beth seems to. By the end of the chapter, she's like she's legitimately contrite about having dredged all this up. She clearly, at least on face value, accepts their story.
1: Well, here's the thing. I believe Lewis. Lewis comes across as very sincere. If Flora hasn't said much.
0: Because she's made Lewis do all the talking. Yeah. And it's possible because she's a terrible liar that that's but she did. But I'm
1: I'm less convinced that Flora is telling us the whole truth and I think once we get back into Beth's head I don't think Beth is going to buy it either.
0: I mean we've literally been in Beth's head this whole time. I don't know no, no, how we get chapter, back into it. No, no, but this chapter
1: was this chapter was all about Beth just receiving information. And not really processing very much of it.
0: She doesn't really have time to process. Exactly.
1: And I think once the, she's done processing... Well, and
0: the MO through much of the rest of the book, as you've previously pointed out, is yep. that she gets fed information and then thinks about it for a little while and then doesn't buy it.
1: Yeah, I think she's going to stick with that. I think when she's done processing through some of this, I don't think she's going to buy it.
0: Well, something to consider is that Lewis and Flora have just admitted to Beth that they are practiced liars who are cahooting with one another (laughs) and have successfully hoodwinked everyone in their lives until basically today.
1: Yes, and with Beth, who they have now sworn to secrecy.
0: Well, allegedly. Uh,
1: We'll see. Um,
0: let's, Let's kind of break this down a little bit. I've stumbled onto a major company conspiracy, Mac. How about that for stress? What the hell are you talking about? This company is being bled like a stuck pig, Mac, and I got a paper trail to prove it. Check this out. Take a look at this! Oh, oh, t- 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 this explanation for what happened is certainly plausible. And it answers some of the mystery. If yes. true. It explains why Lewis and Flora aren't living together. Right. And why Flora is living in the UK under a new name. Right. It explains why she might be motivated to cut everyone out of her life. Yeah. It explains why Flora feared meeting Beth and ran away from her. Yes. Because she doesn't want to face... The reality of what happened she's built herself a happy little world divorced from that and Beth is a reminder of of what came before and Beth would assuredly press her about it and force her to deal with it she does not want to yes but it explains why they're giving Beth such a runaround over prying into things yes it explains why Kevin and Yanina might be lying about things to help Flora throw off Beth's curiosity because presumably they would be in the know at least to a certain extent.
1: Maybe. It's possible.
0: It explains why Flora became a ghost around Whittier Lane and why Lewis and the kids were still making appearances. If she was suicidally depressed, she wasn't going to be hosting any parties. No, exactly. And it kind of explains Flora's odd protective behavior around the impossible Thomas and Emily that Lou Monday was talking about. Yes. Because if she accidentally smothered her baby, it would track that she'd be overly protective of her next two children. Right. There are some questions this explanation of events does not answer satisfactorily though. If Flora abandoned Lewis and the kids, why does she return to Florida periodically? Why is she there now?
1: Yeah, why is she there now?
0: Is it just to throw off Beth? Uh. Uh-huh. Is she lying low from Beth knowing that maybe if she leaves for a little while, lays low with Lewis who still put her up at his glorious mansion? That it might throw Beth off the scent a little
1: bit. Well, that means that it's happy coincidence that Beth happened to show up in Florida while Flora was there.
0: Essentially, yeah. Why does she check in with Lewis every day over the phone? We've pieced together that conversation and it tracks. So the implication is certainly that they call each other daily for daily responses.
1: Right? And I don't know what any of that means or what it does. Yeah,
0: it doesn't explain who or what Chimpy is.
1: Yes, and there's a very mysterious thing about Chimpy that I noticed anyway, because Beth asks Flora about chimpy. We're mm-hmm. gonna take that pin out now, and she is surprised and like
0: puzzled, yeah, is the exact word that puzzled the, thank you that the chapter uses.
1: Flora has no idea what she's talking about, yeah, but we know Flora said that. Beth overheard it, yeah, so unless Beth misheard it and. Flora was actually saying something else.
0: Which is possible. Possible. She was eavesdropping on on a conversation from across the street.
1: Yes, but so far, everything that Beth has seen has proven to be correct. Mm -hmm. She did see Flora. She did see children named Thomas and Emily, who looked enough like Thomas and Emily that she mistook them for the real Thomas and Emily. Mm -hmm. The first Thomas and Emily, I should say. Mm -hmm. So, I have no reason to doubt that Chimpy isn't Chimpy. Okay. Right?
0: Yeah, Following
1: me so far? But suddenly Flora looks puzzled about a conversation that she had, that Beth knows she had.
0: Again, she could have misheard. Yeah. And it's possible that it was something so innocuous and so thoughtless that was said previously that Flora just legitimately doesn't remember. Same. Maybe. It was weeks ago. Do you remember everything you said in a conversation weeks ago?
1: No. Is it a conversation I have to have every single day? Because then I might.
0: Well, she they didn't mention anybody named Chimpy in the Daily Response that Beth overheard a couple chapters ago.
1: No. And you did have to edit that part out because it didn't line up quite right without it. Or Precisely. with it. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Um, a couple other inconsistencies with this story. If Flora wanted to completely divorce herself from her old life, why move into the same old house on Whittier Lane?
1: Why name her new children after her old
0: children? Also that. Wouldn't those Who two
1: does that
0: because wouldn't those two things be a constant reminder of everything that you've lost?
1: Right? Yeah. Which she doesn't want because she can't hack it?
0: Yep. Uh, it also doesn't completely explain why Lewis was lurking around Whittier Lane, resulting in Tilly's stalking story. Though, I can kind of massage that in my head canon because it tracks that if Lewis was upset about them splitting over this, that he might have gone and stalked Flora a little bit while pining for her after he left her. Maybe. And that might be why he was turning up for or he or conversely he might have been around to help her settle into her new life Maybe. either way that might be why he was around
1: does lewis seem the type to pine no, we don't know i don't know either That's he, what i'm asking he, i don't know
0: straight up says in this chapter that he was pretty upset that flora wanted to leave him and the kids so hmm. something to consider Uh, We also still don't know what Beth's internet sleuthing from last chapter turned up. We have not forgotten about that. No. She turned up something and she has not told us what yet.
1: No, and she doesn't know what it means either. So we really don't know what it means.
0: Lewis is clearly worked up by all this. He leaves Flora with Beth afterwards in a huff because he's so riled up. And so I concur with you. I think Lewis doesn't feel at this juncture that he has anything to hide. I think he laid it out all on the table from his perspective. And he even says in this chapter, this is my version of events.
1: Yeah. What happened that night from his point of view.
0: But that does not mean that it is the correct version of events.
1: Well you know the old saying three sides to every story. Yours, mine, and the truth.
0: I've gathered you all here in the accusing parlor. The truth. I noted that he made specific mention to point out his doings the night that Georgina died. He specifically says, we had a fight. I stormed upstairs to my office and slammed the door. I stayed there for many hours, stewing in my anger. At 10 o'clock, pretty much precisely, I went, hmm, I'm hungry now. I left, went out to a restaurant, got myself a curry, came home and ate it, went to bed. He very specifically lays out what he was doing and where he was and why he was not in Flora's presence during that time. And when I was first reading it, I was like, is he establishing, like, an alibi here <laughs> for Beth? Because he's being very specific about where he was and what time he was doing stuff. Yeah. And then it dawned on me, no, he's actually establishing that he has no idea what Flora was up to during that time. He assumes she went to bed.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a gap where he was by himself,
0: and and a gap when he wasn't even home. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm wondering if Flora isn't just being dishonest with Beth, but has been dishonest with Lewis.
1: Mm. It's possible
0: because there's some questions about this story that still aren't answered. Why was she drinking that night?
1: Yes, she, that's she a had, big one.
0: She had a six month old baby, a sickly six month old baby. Wouldn't she be nursing?
1: And eh, maybe not. Maybe might be subsisting on formula.
0: That's fair. Still weird to be half drunk, with yep. the kids awake, no less, because they hadn't been put to bed yet.
1: That's true. Yeah, we never cover why Flora was drinking. No. That might matter.
0: Lewis just puts out some kind of lame excuse of she'd had a rough day and she had one too many glasses of wine, which was, he even says, unusual for her. And then she goes off on him. Why was she so angry? That she,
1: Maybe she's an told, drunk? Him, that she yeah. told
0: him off in a way that he specifically mentions she had never spoken to me like that before. I was shocked and off-put. I stormed upstairs angrily in a huff and wanted nothing more to do with her that evening. No. Because, like, she went off and oh, yeah. I was angry about it. So why was she drinking and why was she so upset? And then she's unaccounted for for the rest of the evening and then turns back up having accidentally smothered Georgina. If Flora is lying to Lewis that she accidentally smothered Georgina, that means that she's covering for an even more atrocious story. Yes, you and have there's, a theory. And there's only one thing more atrocious than accidentally killing your baby.
1: It's purposely killing your baby?
0: Infanticide. That's dark. Flora was sick of the kids. She was angry. She was drunk. And she took it out on her baby.
1: That's horrible. That's dark. And that breaks my heart. That kind of inhumanity breaks my heart.
0: And it would explain why she's so devastated about it. Why she can't even talk about it. Why she wants to divorce herself from that reality altogether. Why she distanced herself from her family. She was afraid she was going to hurt one of them next. And why Lewis maybe suggested being put away at Her Majesty's pleasure Hmm. earlier. Which, as we established, is... Uh, a sentence reserved for people who can't be held criminally liable for their actions. Which makes me believe that maybe Lewis suspects. But can't prove. But can't prove and doesn't want to believe.
1: That would be a hard pill to swallow.
0: Or he's, or he does know, and your
1: wife killed your baby.
0: Or he does know and he's legit covering for Flora on that too. He is also laying out this story for Beth that is terrible and tragic, but is actually covering for an even more terrible and tragic story.
1: let's, Let's back this up just a little little bit. There's a line earlier where Beth was asking about the crib death story, mm-hmm. quote unquote story." And Lewis confirms that they didn't they didn't do that. Doctors confirmed how Georgina died. Yeah. Uh, if Georgina had died by unsavory means, an autopsy would have shown that. Out of sheer coincidence, I was, in fact, lying on our bed with our baby earlier this evening. I was playing with her. We were having a lovely time. And because I knew we were recording tonight, it was sort of in the back of my mind. Our baby is only five months old.
0: Mm-hmm. So around the same age as yeah, Georgina would have been. Give or take. Albeit probably bigger than Georgina.
1: Probably. But still, at five months old, she's a sizable baby. And it would actually take effort for me to roll over on top of her, like our baby is big enough now. I can't. I can't say how big Georgina was, and she's a fictional baby, so I don't know. But even in a drunken stupor, it would have taken effort to roll over onto this baby. Like it would have been really uncomfortable, mm-hmm. if nothing else, mm-hmm. right? So there's that.
0: I don't. I don't know where you're going with this. Well,
1: I'm, I'm just saying, if it was accidental, like she would have had to have been incredibly drunk. Yes. For it to be accidental.
0: What you're saying is that you buy my story that it may have been intentional. Yes. But you're having trouble resolving it with the fact that doctors said not. Nah, totally looks natural. Yeah.
1: So it had to be a smothering. Would right? have been a smothering. Because shaken baby syndrome would have would have Left. they would have seen that there would but have been something. she would have been broken somehow.
0: Here's something else Lewis said, and it's something to keep in mind. She died unexpectedly, and she had been a sickly baby, and the doctors were just like, "Yeah, that tracks." So there might not have been an autopsy. The doctors may have just bought the answer mm. and not looked into it much further than that
1: because Maybe.
0: she was a sickly baby. And as Lewis said, it might have just been the path of least resistance for them to go, well, she was sickly.
1: Because in my head, the only other way to pass it off the same would be accidental smothering or purposeful smothering, right?
0: Or drowning. Thomas and Emily had been in the bath, though you'd have water in your lungs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, exactly. Anything else would have shown some sort of evidence. If she'd have hurt her baby in some way, there would be evidence of it. Yeah. Bruising, scratching, cuts, whatever. I'm just saying, if it was on purpose, it had to have been very specific. But what would it have been premeditated?
0: Well, uh, mm-hmm. it is likely that Flora would have been found not criminally responsible and may have, as Lewis put it earlier in the book, been... Detained at Her Majesty's pleasure.
1: Mm. Something else isn't quite sitting right with me. Hmm. They're, and I can't quite put my finger on it. Flora's whole attitude about going to prison, how she'd rather die than go to prison. She fell into this suicidal depression, but didn't have the courage to see that through. Unless she was going to go to jail, and then she would have killed herself. She didn't
0: outright say that. The implication, yeah, pretty close. The implication was not "I would rather die than go to jail." It was more, "I was concerned that going to prison would have been what pushed me over the edge." She almost explicitly says, "Like that might have been, that might have been the final nudge that I needed to actually follow through on my suicidal ideation."
1: Yeah, there's something about that that doesn't sit right with me.
0: So here's two things that I have at the end of this chapter. The first thing is, if we're correct about Flora, if we're correct about Flora, because we could get thrown another curveball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Does Lewis know the truth? Does he suspect the truth? Or is he oblivious to the truth? Has he bought a lie that Flora gave him? And I don't know. His leaving in a huff and saying, if you have more questions, you can point them at Flora leads me to believe that either he doesn't know or he does and kind of is hoping that Beth makes Flora resolve, like, have to face that.
1: Yeah. Like, he's he's done putting in that labor.
0: Yeah. Like, this this really does feel kind of like him washing his hands of it and going, you know what? I'm done. I'm out. It's all up to you now, lady. Good day. Mm -hmm. Like, I've covered for you as far as I'm going to from now on. So I don't know. I don't know either. Number two, is Beth now in danger?
1: I don't know that either. There,
0: As we said earlier on in this episode, red flags have been popping up all over the place for Beth. And Dom has been explicitly worried about her safety this whole time. But she's been so laser focused on Louis that, She hasn't considered that Flora may be the dangerous person. And if Flora's already killed someone and is afraid to go to jail and is determined to keep this secret and is now alone in the room with Beth, if Beth bombards her with more questions next chapter and confronts her with possibly a very unpleasant truth that Flora wants nothing to do with... Is
1: Flora going to snap? Is
0: Flora going to do something rash? And is Beth now in danger? That's my question. Maybe she was never in danger from Lewis.
1: Oh. I don't know. I don't know any of this. It's, there are so many possibilities from this point out, and we're still getting answers. Like We've still got, what, a quarter of the book left?
0: <laughs> we do not have a quarter of this book left.
1: We are approaching the end. Yes. And we've got another six or seven chapters left. Yes. So, there's still so much more to come.
0: Doesn't mean that Flora doesn't necessarily try to kill her in the next chapter.
1: It's it's a weird thing to base a theory on, but based on the physical space left to read in this book, I think there's still, I think there's still more to come at us. Hopefully we get answers. Yeah. I think we will.
0: I, I agree. I I think that we're going to, this, this felt like an answery episode. And even though I don't completely buy the story that was laid out, I feel like with every story that Beth gets, there's like... A little bit more truth, but it hasn't quite walked up to the actual truth yet.
1: <laughs> it's like panning for gold, right? She has to she have to sift through all that sand to find that little bit of gold.
0: Exactly. So maybe we'll find a little bit more of that shiny, shiny gold.
1: <laughs> shiny, shiny gold truth.
0: As we go into chapter 22 uh, for next week, you'll want to read up on that. Uh, in the meantime, you know, there are a lot of other wonderful podcasts here on the Alberta Podcast Network, a podcast for everyone. Um, If you're already listening to our podcast, as it is a literary and arts podcast, you might be a creative person. And wouldn't you know it, there's a podcast on our network that's all about creativity and the entrepreneurs who are turning their creativity into profit. (laughs) Hello. The podcast you're listening to is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Kyle, and I'm the host of Creative Block. It's a podcast where I talk with artists and creative entrepreneurs. So if you're curious to understand the minds of theater producers, local actors, podcasters, or even a guy who created a company making houses out of old shipping containers, then you should come and subscribe to Creative Block, a podcast that comes out twice a month. That's not a threat. It's just a promise. Available anywhere you download podcasts. Creative block.
1: Yeah, Creative Block on the po- on the Alberta Podcast Network.
0: Yeah. Check it, it out.
1: Yeah, if it's for you, check it out.
0: Yeah, if it's not for you, Probably there's something else on the Alberta Podcast Network that is for you.
1: There's absolutely something out there that is. You just got to go find it.
0: Yeah, you can probably find it at the website, albertapodcastnetwork.com, where all of the podcasts are listed and posted for your perusal.
1: Easy to sort through.
0: Yeah, if you find one you like, you'll probably be able to download it on the podcatcher of your choice, where we are probably available yes uh and while you're there maybe fire us off a little rating and a review we would appreciate that we
1: like feedback over here we
0: we like to think that we're not just being listened to by a bunch of bots
1: (laughs) that we're not just speaking out into the
0: void (laughs) if you want to confirm that you are not a bot (laughs) you can do so on social media
1: it's true Uh, We have a standard selection for you. We have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads.
0: We're at The Read Along at pretty much all of the above.
1: Yes, we have an email address if you want to tippy-typey more characters than social media allows.
0: That is thereadalong at gmail.com. Yes. And with that said, as always, we'll see you next time.
1: Shiny Truth gold.